and we're back. And it's my first quarantine episode with Norm. You may remember Hello. him. You may remember him from our year-end wrap-up and our TIFF wrap-up. So, Norm, what have you been doing? I've been at home. Uh, March 16th was the last day I went to the day job, as you would say. Um, some people didn't even come in on the 16th. And then as of March 17th, I have been home. So a lot of binge-watching. And mainly TV shows. Like, my movie watching is at an all-time low. Um, but I'm going to get back into it. I have some festivals coming up. I got Fantasia coming up. Um, there's a T.O. Fest that I'm going to cover as well. That's coming up. So I have to start watching some films. People have been sending me movies to watch. I've got to watch them. So um, starting next week, I'm going to ramp up my movie watching. But I've been watching TV shows. A lot of time-traveling shows. Travelers, um, Timeless, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff from the 20s, too. Currently watching um, Cable Girls, oh. a Spanish show from the 20s, uh-huh. 28, 29, which I'm thinking is an era I really like a lot, and um, Babylon Berlin, which is excellent. Just finished watching three seasons of that. Again, set in 28 in Berlin. Oh, German, right? All in German. And this current one, Cable Girls, is set... 21st year, I'm in second year, 29, um, in uh, Spain. And watching things with subtitles forces you to not second screen and really kind of focus. Yeah, It helps take your mind off everything else that's going on. So good choices. Yeah, a lot of jumps happen that time. Cars are going, the cable grows all about the telephone starting. A lot of kind of modern stuff for... uh, you know, that era before the depression and then into the next war. So it's good. Yeah. I've been watching trash. I've been watching trash. Okay. Like like Archer. (laughs) Okay. I used to watch that. I kind of fell off that. It's, it's wildly out of pocket and offensive. And yet somehow in these troubled times, I find it the profane nature of that show, oddly comforting. Yeah. I watched it till the main agency kind of broke down and they kind of had to go underground and rogue. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch anything after the mother at the main agency and then something happened and they had to lose it and the building blew up or something. So I didn't watch anything really. I think I watched one or two after that and didn't really like it. So I haven't followed up with it. Yeah, they sort of went for a different format every season after that. So right. I could see why you would fall off. But yeah, it's like, rewatching fall off there. it. Yeah, rewatching it is it's interesting. Rewatching anything right now through the lens of the current time is it's a real trip, that's for sure. But let's get back to the festival talk because that's why I reached out. All right. So usually around this time, listener, is when we're getting our first emails from Tiff about the schedule and all the important dates and when we're gonna get our you know, ticket packages, and then one will find out the first slate of movies. So they usually have like a press release near the beginning that gives you some of the like teaser stuff, like some of the really big ones and some of the small ones that they're really excited about. And then throughout like now to August, you get like little chunks for each program, and then you get your full schedule mid August and make your picks. However, it tends to be 
press releases every Tuesday, kind of starting from now. Every Tuesday, something news released, the first titles, then you get maybe what's in the main specials, then the Canadian stuff comes up every Tuesday. And there's normally like a press conference with the Canadian stuff at the Royal York on a Tuesday you wander down to and check out. So yeah, things are kind of starting to get in the full swing. And on my side, because I do the industry, um, I would have already been, I'd already have my industry pass now. I would have been emailed about it, would have responded, already have all that picture uploaded and sent. None of that, obviously, because of where we are. Yeah. So about a month ago, give or take, they sent uh, a survey to members sort of asking different questions about, would you attend a digital festival? What would make you feel safe to see it in person, et cetera, et cetera. And I know I responded to that survey with some very sort of clear language about, I don't really condone any kind of in-person festival that would encourage bringing in people from outside of Ontario into our province, into our city, and putting our populace at risk, especially because a large percentage of people who attend the festival are from the States and right now, you know, not to be too build a wall about it, but they're not handling the virus that great. Other than Brazil, I would say they're the worst. Yeah. Maybe parallel of Brazil. Yeah. And the same sort of leader in India as well. Same sort of leader, just, uh, just to say. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's invite all of our friends with the plague in to the house. Right. In California, it's the worst now, too, by the way. And that's where all the movie folks are. It, it just seemed wild to me that that was even a question. That, you know. Anyway, so fast forward to this week. In typical TIFF fashion, similar to like when they were announcing either laying off senior people in the past or announcing, you know, peers leaving or whatever, they always go for a one-two punch to bury the news they don't want people talking about. So the first punch, uh, our sort of shot to the side before we get the uppercut, was the announcement of the layoff of 31 folks, I believe, 31 souls. I thought it was 51. 51? No, 31 full-time staff. So maybe it was 51 total, but it was definitely 31 full-time staff positions. Okay. Which we know those full-time staff positions at TIFF are like, you know, a golden ticket. Like, there aren't even that many. And it, you know, hit everything, all departments. Like, I think even, like, the person who um, was, like, the main sort of, you know, buyer manager for the bookstore to, like, different roles around the organization. Like, it wasn't limited to one area. And... That was not surprising. And if anything, they announced that. And I thought, well, of course, because they're not going to have a festival this year. And, you know, revenue's down. Everything's down. The light box hasn't been open. This kind of makes sense. Instead of announcing the festival now, you're just going to announce it to cut a bunch of people. But immediately afterwards, what do they do? Tell them, Norm. Well, the next day, they come out and say, we're having a festival. It's going to be 50 films and then five short programs. And also, part of it, the first five days, will be in-person screenings. In theater screenings. To which I say the fuck? Yeah. I I don't know how that's going to work. I think all the press and interview stuff is going to be digital, though. There won't be in-person press screenings. So I think all of my stuff is going to be digital. So I'm going to get links. So there won't be any in-person press stuff. It's, it's for the public. 
And then they announce this 50-person group of stars that are coming up to be ambassadors. Well, does it say they're physically coming? This is where I'm reading the fine print of the um, website-facing release in the way that people were reading the H-1B visa ban, trying to figure out if Canadians were exempt or not. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at this. They're saying they will be welcoming ambassadors, but are they going to be welcoming them in person or online for some of those talks and stuff they talked about? Like, will these people be participating maybe in Zoom panels? So maybe they'll have like a super rich expanded... they, They don't say it, but they don't not say it. But I can't imagine... Okay, even let's say for some of the North Americans or even like a Jason Reitman where his family definitely probably has property here or whatever, or they didn't list Guillermo. I don't know why, because he actually lives here sometimes and was shooting here before it all shut down. But like, or Adam McGoin, like pe- there are people who physically live in Toronto yeah. and not have to Ad- be here. And Adam McGoin citing at the light box is a once a week occurrence. Yeah. Him or his wife, like you yeah. see one of them once a week. Yeah. So they could have perhaps some people in person, but what makes much more sense is that maybe these people will be leading, you know, a series of online things that may have like kind of a premium cost to like enter these Zoom sessions. But there was talk about in-person interviews. I'm just trying to find that. So that's what made me think they were coming. They they did say in-person stuff, but then they, that paragraph about the ambassadors, it says it will be welcoming Okay. Ambassadors. This Maybe is what right. gives them wiggle room. Like if I'm, right. if I'm Taika at home, whether I don't know if he's in New Zealand. In New or Zealand, or where it's perfect. Yeah. In New Zealand, where it's perfect. Exactly. Why, Am I going to come here to Canada to run into Americans? Exactly. That makes sense. And not be left back in New Zealand? Yeah. I don't think so. If I'm Priyanka Chopra, happily ensconced in the Jonas compound, why? Oh. Why would I leave? <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> legal's in here. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this is all... Uh, I'm just looking at these names of... I'm seeing them all as major friends of TIFF. Yeah. yeah. So they would do the favor. Friends. Yeah, definitely. You know, even Vigo. Nadine, Vigo loves Nadine, Nadine yeah. made her name because she won that um, People's Choice Award. And these are all major TIFF friends. Yeah. So I think they might say, okay, we'll come, right? Or they'll say, depending on where the virus is, we'll participate. And only sure. if it's okay, we'll come. Because I really right. just, I don't think it's responsible. Like, Tiff, is it worth having, like, a, a spike in Toronto right before winter just so you could have your your festival? Right. Like, this is the first time in over a decade I really truly consider just, like, skipping it all together. Like, not even trying to sign up for any digital stuff. Just as, like, like I can't. And I'm, I'm really confounded. And I didn't want to, I wanted to get your, like you know, live reaction because you know, I'm ride or die and I can yeah. see it looking quite not. Holy cow. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. So you're a no for any of the first five day in-person screenings then. Oh, for sure. I listen, I tried to leave the house once like properly, like leaving the neighborhood. Um, right. Since March 16th, similar date to you. And uh-huh. I, I rode the queen street car this past week and Toronto's not ready. I had not one but two old ladies touch me to say they liked the color of my mask. It's like, oh, boy. Uh, how how does that make sense in your head? I'm, and that's more I'm dangerous for them. Yeah, that's I'm more dangerous for them actually. Yeah, 
yeah, I'm wearing a mask. You're wearing a mask, but you're touching my skin because it's summer. It's hot. Like to tell me that you like my mask and then your friend is touching me in case I didn't hear you. But I was like just sitting there still just completely shocked. Like, how does this make sense to you ladies to touch a stranger on the Queen Street car? A literal, you know, clown car of horrors of what can happen in the city of Toronto. Like just anyway, I am definitely not approving of in-person screenings with the current state what of the market. What if it's staggered, though? What if um, the front row, so they do the rows, starting to the left, two seats, gap of four, two seats, gap of four, and then they kind of skip a row, third row back, it's in the middle, so you're not, you're zigzagging, but there's rows in between. Okay, let me, let me play a scenario for you. Someone's running late. They're sweating. They're huffing and puffing. They've sat down, but then, oh, wait, they want to go get a water or drink. Then they have to get up, get out of that aisle past everyone, and rub against them as they yeah. are getting their way, like, in and out, which happens well, all the, the goddamn time. Yeah, that's the deal breaker. You yeah. can't pass people. Yeah, you can't get in and out of your seat. What, you're not allowed no, to use the bathroom? You can't get food? Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. That's the deal breaker. The logistics alone. My project manager brain literally broke when I read this press release. I tried. I tried to do all of the like mental gymnastics, but there's no. There's yeah, no there can't be way. somebody. Yeah. There can't be somebody in the middle that you don't know that is coming back and forth in front of you. you that can't happen. It just can't happen. So I wonder how they're going to do that. Just talk about drive-ins though. Like, is that at the beach? Like, where are they going to drive in? The drive-ins could be fun. That would be fun. Not that I have a car, but that I would, if I knew somebody that I trusted that was safe and healthy and had been being as careful as I have been, I would actually go, like, let them in my bubble of, like, you know, Uh gradually increase your bubble of people that you see that you know they're, like, not doing shit and whatever. I would go in, like, someone's car to, like, watch. But again, I would max do it with, like, you know, one to two other people. I wouldn't want to get in, like, a minivan. And like right, pile exactly. it up and yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're talking about drive-ins. That could be interesting. So we'll see. Did you have a look at the movies at all, or? I mean, I had a a look at the picture uh, that Black Lady Twitter was very excited about. I believe it involved Idris Elba on a horse with a shirt open. A lot of the jokes are around, are they making Old Town Road a full-length movie now? Uh, (laughs) But please, you spent more time with the press release. Tell me what you're excited about, because usually you and I are either like right on top of each other or very misaligned in the case of Under the Skin, which we won't talk about, but we know we think differently about it. Yeah. Um, Well... I'm not liking a lot of it. And there's not a lot of movies that have come out so far. Um, the new Venterberg looks kind of, looks kind of good. Another round. Mm-hmm. It's about a group of, group of friends uh, in Denmark. And they decide to keep a certain level of alcohol in their system all the time to see how they'll see how they'll be and how they'll function. So, so it's functioning, function alcoholics, day drinkers, and um, Matt is in that one. His uh, his muse, of course, is in that. That looks good. I am in this picture, uh, and I don't like it. I think is the correct meme response to that. But I would watch it. Yes. Yeah. So that looks pretty good. Too close to home. Um, yeah. This Amonti Amon. Something Ammonite. Is that how? Yeah. You're sorry, it? that's an Ammonite. Ammonite. Yeah. Yeah. Ammonite. Yeah. 
So that one, they're trying to do Portrait Lady and Fire in English is what I'm getting out of that. Um, we have Shersha Ronan and um, Kate yeah. Winslet. Yeah. Kate Winslet. So it's, uh, so she's playing some famous fossil hunter that did great thing but didn't get credit for it. And she does some island hunting fossils. And Shersha turns up, her husband sends her to this island to convalesce. And of course, they get together and they have this great romance, which is right out of Port Lady and Fire. So I'm not sure about that one. I'm not a big Kate Winslet fan, so I don't know if I'm going to like that one at all either. And I also don't want to assume anything about their sexuality, but I, if you're going to have it be, I kind of want to see two queer ladies like really get into it. But... Whatever, anyway. It was done perfect last year. They're not going to match it. I just know it's going to fall short. Listen, you're preaching to the choir. I still call all the Fast and Furious movies just point break with cars. So I think <laughs> if you do something right once. Yeah, exactly. I keep redoing it. Yeah. Um, then Halle Berry is one called Bruised. And that's about a female MA fighter. Um, and her six-year-old kid turns up out of the blue. Okay. So that could be good. I'm looking forward to that. That sounds like a good. I wouldn't have taken Halle Berry at being an MMA, MMA fan, but we'll see how that goes. I feel like if any woman has ever wanted to punch the hell out of everyone they've ever met, it would be her. Like, let's re reimagine the world through the lens we know now, where we always kind of knew, you know, maybe some industry people were trash and maybe the world was a little bit racist. And then let's think about Halle Berry's life. And, like, from her come up, like, you know, pre-boomerang days to now, what fresh hells has she experienced through her time? Yeah, if there's anybody who wants to watch uh, a woman just punch the hell out of people, other women, men, whoever, it's probably Halle Berry. It's probably very cathartic for her to uh, do the research for that. Knowing the holds and the moves and hanging at Dana White and all that stuff. So we'll see. Um... And she's then, not starring in it, though. Is she directing? No, she's directing. It. She's, direct, she's, she's directing. Direct. I don't think she's starring. I think she's directing. Um, and then the Good Joe Bell film, that looks pretty good. Uh, that's about a dad in Oregon um, who starts, decides to walk across the states in honor of his kid. So I guess his kid, must, something happens to his kid, must be sick or something happens, and the dad starts out on a walk. So that, that one I could get into. I like stuff like that. And it's by, from the guys who did Brokeback Mountain. That okay. writing team, All so right. that should be okay. Um, and those are the kind of ones that that kind of jumped out. That Spring Blossoms is a, a rookie. That Suzanne Linden French movie she directs and stars in it. So I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but and, is this uh, the first year they're picking movies from France without peers? Because I am interested. Because I I do think France makes good films. It's just we never was knew he it. There long. last year. I think Pierce was I think last year was last year, first year wasn't there, is it not? I feel like his his uh, influence was still in the French France French picks last. It still year. could be. No reason yeah. why it still can't be. Yeah, but if it's it a rookie, bounce. if it's a rookie woman from France, I, I'm slightly more. Uh, I I would need to know who programmed it. Is what I'm saying. Look at me it's talking like woman. I'm participating in this nonsense. <laughs> it's a rookie woman. <sighs> yeah, and it's her first film, and she's starring in it. So I'm mean, that's. That's like three got three men on a match for me. I don't know if I'm gonna like that. That's uh, <laughs> you know, ready aim fire right there. So I don't know if I'm gonna like that one at all. So 
Where I'm and then two mothers is Japanese, but and that looks maybe, good. But maybe that will end up being as good as like Prevenge or something. Where yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's the thing with those rookie movies where you're starring in it. It's either you know beautiful and surprising, or to your point, three men on a match, which I'm a hundred percent going to use that. So for everything now, yeah, yeah, no, it's that's that's danger signals. Yeah, you know. Danger Will Robinson, all that stuff's all coming up. <laughs> Sirens are going off, everything. I, that's a hard pass, but we'll see. Yeah. If someone sees it before and it's great buzz, I'll jump in. But see, I'm not going to get the buzz. That's the thing, though, right? Yeah. With all of my stuff being links, I'm not going to run into someone I know, a reporter I know from Philly saying, you got to go see this. The thing is great. You know, you can't miss Parasite. If you're not sure, you got to go see Parasite, you know, that type of thing. Well, it's going to be all like Twitter stuff, but what if it's embargoed as well? That's the other problem. Are there going to be different embargo rules with each link that you get? Who knows? Yes, probably, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I feel like they should have, and again, they waited too long, and I don't mean just since the plague started, but just as a festival, they waited too long to have a digital component. Like, even if you had sort of like walled off like chat rooms so people could watch digital ones and then maybe not watch them at the same time, but have like a place to like chit chat together so that, you know, even industry people, maybe you have your own like little secret, you know, chat room or Slack room to like talk about things like they could have, again, if they'd been doing this stuff gradually over the last few years, while other festivals have had digital links available for industry, they could have been ready. But this is like, they're going all in in the first time. Even the fact that they're working like with some other, you know, um, some crazy or whatever. Platform you, starting. Yeah, it's like, uh, why not just use Twitch like everyone else? Like I've already watched some of the, you know, fan expo kind of adjacent type things like home cons. Okay. Like little mini nerd cons that have been running through Twitch, through the home con organization. And they've been great. I watched a Heroes panel like a few weeks back. Fantastic. Okay. It was hilarious. Plus, like, they clearly planned ahead, like, some of the things they were going to do. So at the end, they all got up and, like, none of them were wearing pants. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole left running joke of all the Zoom stuff. Yeah. Yeah. David Anders was like, he, like, he logged in late. He like got up to like go grab another drink from the kitchen. Like he yeah. was like, everybody's like, ah, David. Like it was just, That's, yeah. Like, yeah. And because it's Twitch, like it was, you know, stable connection, like whatever the whole time, like it was cool. Again, I don't know. Just like with the whole Ticketmaster deal with the devil, like they always partner with these people who like sell them like a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. And who knows what the performance will be like. So you could end up paying for a bunch of stuff. And then this year it could be sketchy AF with regards to like performance. That could be true. And I'm also, um, if they can't get your ordering right on the day of ordering, how are they going to get this huge digital platform going? Like they can't even get enough bandwidth when people want to order their movies. Yeah. Right. That always breaks down or crash. And it crashes every single year. Yeah. Well, I and, won't be crashing this year because I will not be there on day one with all the other dummies like waiting okay. to. And when I talk to people I know who are involved in that, I always say, whatever you think you need, quadruple it. Yeah. And you still will need more. I always, whatever you think it is, if you think it's whatever your number is, quadruple it. And it always, every year it crashes. Every single year. So... 
I don't know. So I don't know how I feel about this, but I know I wanted to talk about it with you because you're usually pretty level-headed. And, and you yeah, see a bunch. Yeah, 50 movies, though. Yeah. 50 movies, though. I don't know how... I guess I'm going to see all 50, I would expect. Yeah, and that's like... That's the number you usually see. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I see more than that normally if I get stuff beforehand and this type of thing. So I guess I'm seeing this about all 50. Here's the um, other thing. If you had a movie that was finished and ready... Wouldn't you just sell it to Amazon or Netflix or whoever right now? Yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, whomever. Yeah, probably. But like, unless it's a smaller type of fall potential Oscar type film yeah. that you think you need to build a bit of buzz first before it can go out into the world. You know, think best example, like a Slumdog Millionaire, that type of thing. You want to yeah. build Parasite built through all the... All the uh, different festivals last year, if you think you need that momentum and build, like I'm getting info about con stuff, joining these con screenings and stuff. I'm getting that like now. Mm-hmm. So that's not even, that's still, you know, winky wonky. So. I mean, do the Oscars even matter this year? I still, <laughs> I'm still wondering, poor Steven Spielberg, who was, who had been whipping his votes and launching his campaign to help box out the screening or the, the eligibility of streaming films, right. where they, all the gatekeepers were banding together and trying to you know squash the ability for Netflix to take over the Oscars. And then the plague happens, and it's like right. the plague and you know the ensuing race war is all four horsemen of the apocalypse are out at full gallop right now. And it's like, oh, this is what you're spending your time on, Spielberg? This? Maybe you should have been like doing a better internet search on... The star of West Side Story. Whatever. No judgment. Safe space. A little mm-hmm. bit of judgment. But now, the whole battle uh, between the old guard and the new guard and, like, eligibility and who gets nominated and who's playing the politics and is stuff streaming or whatever, like, all that's out the window now. Like, people are just like, who can even make films now? Right. Like, who can afford to make films safely? And... Who cares about going, like, who's going to go to a Vanity Fair party next year if there isn't already a vaccine? Well, no, no, nothing big (laughs) public is happening until there's a vaccine. Yeah. Like, you can social distance or physically distance or um, block off seats here and there. But until there's a vaccine, um, it's not going to be safe to go to any event. You can't go to a sporting event. You can't go to a... A, a big group event. Um, you can't go to a concert. You can't do anything. I still wonder what kind of Faustian deal whoever the folks are at Disney made to just always be right there at the right time. Like Disney Plus, everyone was like, well, who needs another streaming platform? Okay, The Mandalorian's kind of good. And then, bam, all of a sudden, Everyone's locked inside with their damn kids. Screen time right. rules go out the window. Disney, I cannot imagine what the Disney Plus subscription projections looked like pre and post COVID. See, I like, jumped on that right away. Just like free money. They're like, you know, people are like, oh, Mulan's not getting released. Oh, Black Widow. It's like, <laughs> we'll be fine. Recurring, that was subscription. That's recurring revenue. That's not yeah. individual movie tickets. They don't need to rely on box office. No. They are just like, and you know what? Let's just throw Hamilton on there. Let's just do it. Let's just give people a little something. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Anytime they see the astronomical numbers that are probably beating their projection, their best possible projections by the order of magnitude, they're just like, let's just throw something that we had planned for like a release to yeah. start on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. They just... And I'm excited. I'm 100% going to be watching. July 3rd, I'll be well, watching Hamilton over and over and over again. Yeah, for sure. Like the new Star Wars, I waited till it came out on Disney+. Plus. Um, May 4th is when I want. May the, you know, May the 4th. Yeah. I said, well, I'll wait on that. Why don't we to go see that? I'll wait on it. Watched it on Disney+. Plus. You know, uh, the man, but I saw, I saw how much where I saw a couple of backstories about how good the Mandalorian was going to be. Oh my God, so I paid so for the year. I paid the 80 bucks and go, I got 80 bucks for the year. Yeah. I didn't, I'm not doing it like the $12 a month, 80 bucks. And it was cheap. It was like American was 79. Mm-hmm. American was 69, like 10 bucks more Canadian. So I just bought the whole year. And um, the Artemis Fowl just came out, which is awful, by the way. Have you watched that? That's awful. Haven't watched it. Oh, it's brutal. I watched the, the Mandalorian Gallery series. Uh, where yeah, have I've been watching that too with the, the, the yeah. table, the table chats. Yeah, those yeah. are great yeah. with all the directors and the, the main folks. And speaking of people of silver shoes up their ass, that Kennedy chick, what, um, Kathleen Kennedy, is that her name? Yeah. She bounces around to stuff. Like whenever the biggest movies ever, the third name in every one is her name. Well, she's been there forever. Like she's I know. Forever. Like she's the talking Star about the Star Wars stuff, the Spielberg stuff, the Indian the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's what? How could you? And then you see, then they were showing pictures of her um, during the original shoots of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's her, it's Lucas, and it's Spielberg. She is everywhere. That's not luck for a woman to have gotten to work on all that shit. She must be. Pretty darn no, she, knows, she knows what's good. Like yeah. she's got a like. I think I have a good eye for picking movies and picking projects and stuff. Yeah, she must have the best eye for picking projects of anybody ever. Who's who looks at Favreau even and says, you know, the other guy from Swingers that that's the one I want leading this like charge of whatever. She's yeah, amazed. like people yeah, like that's to, his. to bag on her as much as they can. But like the films ended up the way they did, and there's probably a million reasons that could have happened. But you look at who she gave the steering wheel to for the Mandalorian and then mm-hmm. the people that he assembled. Right. It's like, I can't fault it. It's a great cast of directors. And they're all yeah. talking about, you know, going to the first Star Wars movie, my dad took me or whatever took me. And I just, like, they're like, they're like Fan Expo people, right? Yeah. If they weren't working, they'd be at Fan Expo trying to see everybody, trying to talk and see what's going on. And there's and there's true diversity and not just from like their colors and shapes and ages, although there is that, but there's also, you know, you have Bryce Dallas Howard literally telling the story about falling asleep on her dad's chest while he's talking yeah. to George Lucas and Kursar, which is just like most fucking crazy story. Ever. Yeah, I know. And they're all, they're, see the yeah. table? They all, they all, they're all at the table? Yeah. They're and then, like, oh, I just, they all were have, like, you have Deborah Chow coming from like small films in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you know I'm the pre prep machine, who gets like the episode where she has to direct Word of Herzog, which I cannot imagine. Like, can you imagine coming as a director? Is like, okay, so we're giving you this one. Um, so here's the cast. You have um, Warner. Can you do that again? Warner, do that again. Warner, do that again. Could you stop directing Little Yoda right now and yeah. just pay attention? Yeah, 
And Deborah Chow having to say to Werner Herzog, Werner, please stop directing the puppet so I can direct you. Right. Who, like, it's just that whole group of, you could see that they were all just like happy to be there, happy to be working with each other. And Kathleen Kennedy assembled that team. That is probably one of the most diverse teams. And it ended up being a beautiful show. And then, you know, you bring in Ludwig. The one note I'll make about diversity is that I was a bit bummed to see, like, when you saw the orchestra, there weren't any or very many people of color in the orchestra that were getting to record the music because that music was beautiful. Yeah, true. Yeah. Ludwig, you your come up was helped by the fact that you looked you won the roommate lottery and your roommate in university was Ryan Coogler. And he's constantly like was bigging you up and like telling other directors about you. And yet your orchestra was white AF and don't tell me black people don't play. I was like second chair violin in the all Scarborough concert orchestra. I'm sure in America you could find black people for the string section. True. That's true. But it's an excellent show. Love the show. Like how it ended. Can't wait for next year. And that's the reason why I didn't need to rush out to go see the last star Wars movie. I was thinking I'm seeing, I'm seeing better star Wars in front of me every week on my computer. It's like I can put on my, big screen on my wall and just watch it there of all my sound going. I don't need to go see the Star Wars movie. It's going to come on Disney Plus. I'll watch it then. We were supposed to be talking about the film festival and yet we ended up doing a tight 10 on Disney Plus. But the point is TIFF should have had their streaming game at least beta tested a couple years ago already. And my concern is like everything else they do especially anything to do with technology, they often trust third parties who offer them uh, a deal that seems too good to be true to take all of the load off them. But usually those third parties don't understand the nature of film festivals, where, to your point, it's very spiky traffic. You need to, like, you know, quadruple whatever kind of bandwidth you think you'll need for certain activities that for, like, a normal streaming experience you might not need to it's very localized. Like there's a lot of kind of logistical issues that you need to have some experience with festivals. It's a weird kind of mix of like knowledge. So they get with these technology partners who understand the technology of their activity, but not how TIFF would work. And I'm very concerned that this first year, it's not going to go well. And I don't know if I'm willing to gamble on them for such a small slate of films as well. If they were giving me the same amount of films that you normally get at TIFF, like 400 or whatever, which, okay, let's cut it down to 250 because I never watch half the stuff, like the really weird stuff or wavelengths or most of the shorts. But still, let's say, you know, 250 to 300 things to choose from. And I could like, and I had time outside of like the 10 or 11 days to watch them online. So I didn't have to worry about the spiky traffic and whatever. Like, let's say you give me a month and you're partnering with a trusted platform. Like it was some sort of Netflix black band branded as TIFF. So I had like a different login with like Netflix. I could just sit down for my TV and here's right. like the 20 things I paid for. And they're in there and I have like a month to watch them. Sure. But this, I don't know. I'm going to let other people suffer through this, or maybe I'll regret it, but I don't, I'm not going to have that same FOMO feeling. What is my FOMO here? FOMO of like, 
accidentally catching a virus I've managed to dodge by being a hermit in my house this, thus far? Well, the FOMO normally is being in that great crowd when some director nobody knew of throws a masterpiece up on screen and you're involved, you're there of a TIFF audience reacting to that film. But you're not, but you're not going to have it because you're not going to be in the, you're not going to be um, in the theater. There's not going to be the crowd. You're not going to get those reactions. Um, it's, so you're, there's no, there will be no FOMO because it's not going to be the same. And even if they actually somehow decide irresponsibly to bring people in, I'm not lining up to like talk to a director after a film like I did when I first met Ava DuVernay after Middle of Nowhere and took a selfie with her. Like that's not something that they would do now. And that's not something any sane person would try to do, you know? Well, speaking of point break, I sat beside Catherine Bigelow hmm. during the screening of The Hurt Locker at the Ryerson. Good gravy. Got there late. Um, it was at the back, like the back row, like not the five, but in the, the middle kind of back row. There was one seat reserved. I sat beside the reserved seat. She comes in and sits right beside me during her walk. <gasps> so I know it's her. I'm not going to bugger her in a movie, right? Yeah. So um, if you're watching it, it's great. People are going crazy about how good this movie is. I don't know if I even knew anything about it. I just know, well, I like Catherine Bigelow. She has good movies. Right, so I, oh, I'll go see this. Except for that one that was awful with um, um, Sean Penn, Weight of the Water. Oh, awful. Anyways, forget that. But um, she has really good movies. So at the end, I go, that, "Congratulations, your film was really great." And she probably didn't even know I even knew who she was, right? Yeah. And she goes, "Well, thank you, but I was noticing some shots there that I didn't really think looked the way they should have." And, this is what she was saying, right? Oh my god! And she's just like also saying it to you, yeah, yeah. I didn't. And she's know how probably that also looked. in shock. You're sitting in a Toronto audience, which they're pretty responsive. Toronto yeah. film audiences are the opposite of like Toronto audiences at a concert. <laughs> like Toronto audiences at a concert barely move, barely dance, stand there with their arms crossed for the most part, unless it's like something that is heavily gay or heavily black, and even then, it takes a bit to get us moving. However film audiences it's like paroxysms of ecstasy like right. react to every little thing we're noticing things they didn't like intend for people to notice like right. if they actually properly shoot on location you for sure have people from that community or that country noticing shit like so for her she must have been feeling a lot and then oh, yeah, you have sure. you like this rando who like clearly recognized her, but then was respectful enough to not bother her and then immediately clocked her after. She must have been going through a lot, so she probably just, like, had all filters off and was completely in shock. Yeah. Do you remember, like, unedited, like, you know, you know, dailies kind of, like, Catherine Bigelow, where she's, like, thinking, "Ah, I want to take another pass at this in the editing suite. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So that was kind of her reaction to it, but... And then... And then the funny thing was, so I was raving about this movie... And it didn't come out that year. It was the next year it came out and won the Oscar. It came out. Did it come out the same year that Avatar came out? Was yeah, it her same year against Avatar. her yeah. ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah, and beat him for best yeah. director and all that stuff. So, but the thing is, it didn't come out the year. It, it was two years later. It actually came out and had its run, and and she got the Oscar two years later after that. Wild. 
yeah. So those kinds of experiences. So that's not going to happen is my point. But is that worth dying for? But you're not going to have it. Yeah, you're not going to have it. But let's say they do have in-person screenings and you could go to like one. I think they're having some directors coming up. I'm I'm telling you some directors are coming. Because there's going to be interviews. I've seen the press stuff. There's going to be interviews, interview opportunities on site. I don't know. I kind of want Toronto to shut the borders. I mean, we need to see what the numbers look like over the summer. Like, I bet you Halle Berry's coming for a movie. Like, she's coming for a movie. Based- and there's going to be press conferences, and you're going to be able to talk to her if you want to interview her. Well, based on some of the numbers that we're finally seeing from the regional health um, folks, Halle Berry, much like me, based on her age, gender, and color, is in one of the highest risk categories for... But we're... Did- <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised she lives like in Mon- what is she, does she live in LA? I wouldn't be surprised if she like lives in Montana or somewhere. I don't is know. She in All LA? Of the stuff on her Instagram looks like she's doing yoga in the woods somewhere. Mm. But I mean, maybe she has a house up like on the canyon somewhere. Who knows? I bet I she's, she doesn't live in LA. She's probably like in Montana or Wyoming or something like that. Like Harrison, we make it fun of Harrison Ford. He's yeah. up there in Montana somewhere where four hundred thousand people laughing at everybody. Yeah, he's not Jason. trying to kill people on a um, with his plane. Yeah, Jason Momoa is still Jason Momoa. Like, the one person completely unchanged by quarantine and lockdown and no haircuts and everything else is Jason Momoa. His Instagram looks exactly the same. It's him wandering around out in, like, you know, dusty woods and rock faces with his, like, children with their wild-ass hair, climbing things and wandering around. Yeah, so oh, She's in L.A. I just looked it up. She lives in L.A. She lives in L.A., but her uh, her Instagram seems very, like, she's not right in the city, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, so, no, but speaking of Jason Momoa um, and binge-watching, I think A&E, I want to say, runs the Justice League stuff all the time. Like, like they always run, you know, um, Wonder Woman, they'll run Batman versus Superman, and then Justice League. And DC movies are awful. I haven't seen any of them in the theater, but they're just, I watch them because they're on, but they're brutal. I mean, I liked Birds of Prey. Yeah, but that's not. It didn't feel like a DC movie even. Yeah. That's not Ben Affleck playing Batman. It's just like, who made that decision? Now I'm hearing Michael Keaton's going to come back and play it for the um, Flash movie though. So it'll probably be just like a two-minute cameo. Yeah, I guess so. It'll be in one scene. Yeah. But um, he's going to come back and play it. For, they're talking about playing it in a Flash movie. I mean, I still like the idea that many people, including Kevin Smith on his podcast, have floated about what they should do is Batman Beyond and have Michael Keaton play old Batman. Like well, that'd be animated. cool. Yeah, I know. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, Michael Keaton's good. But Ben Affleck's a terrible Batman. He's you know, brutal. In, in retrospect, I feel like, again, that whole Snyderverse, it just tried to take itself too seriously, except it low-key had all the camp of the Schumacher, but all of the, like, emo-ness of the Nolan, and that is not a good combo. You need to be one or the other. And right. I do feel like kind of... Physically and, we you know, now emotionally at that time, 
Affleck was kind of closer to that, you know, Frank Miller Dark Knight, kind of like grizzled and thick and had been through some things. I don't think it was as bad a casting as, you know, it seems in the rearview mirror. I just don't think that the tone was right. And also, he didn't get his own movie right away. Like, it was like him with Superman already. The tone for that one was questionable because, you know, Superman's this, like, optimistic farm boy in the comic books, and but they made him sort of also, like emo and introspective like they almost gave but that's snyder though yeah but like so then bringing those together and not letting them establish their own sort of like energy and rhythm and whatever and the only person the only character that seemed to be able to push through that was the wonder woman character like she came in and aquaman did too momoa's good yeah those two are good and they're supposed to be the secondary characters right and they're better than both superman and batman yeah and they're supposed to be the secondary pair And I think it's just, you well, know. How do you think? Let's get back to this um, in-person screening. I'm thing. a hard no. I'm a hard no. I'm a hard but What's your thought? But what's your thought? <laughs> and how are they going to try and set up the theater to do it? What's your thought on that? I think they'll have to do every, definitely it's not every row. It's every second row. If right. not every third. I agree with you that there'll be spaces between seats. I think they have not fully thought through the whole getting in and out to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yes. And I think that even other spaces within the light box or other theaters, they'll need to think about. So what they'll need to do, if they have, let's say they have the entire um, Scotiabank theater. And this may be one of the last years of Scotiabank's available to be part of the festival. Yeah, the sign's on the wall there. What you'll need to also do to have enough time to properly sanitize you need to get some of those sanitized like cannon guns that they have in korea and you you can't have back-to-back screenings you can't have like no, can't. empty a theater it's- quickly scrape up the popcorn corn or whatever you need to like have enough time to fully like you know disinfect and spray a theater let right. that shit settle kill everything that's in there right and then like you don't let people in again for another like two hours well i think it's half an hour because I, I get i've got my i'm getting my updates from good life as to when they're coming back, the target date's July 13th. You have to sign up online to book your time. Like 10 to 11, whatever your time's going to be. If you're doing a class, I do my yoga classes. Of a class of 40, there are six people out in the class. And in between each time, so if you're 10 to 11, there's half an hour to clean, to, to clean the whole gym, and the next group can come in at 11.30. So I think they can do it in half an hour after spraying thing. You walk through, you spray everything. They'll half an hour probably to clean the theater out. I bet there's going to be no food. They can't do food. There'll be no food. Yeah. Let's talk about the volunteers. They're going to need full PPE, but it can still be hot outside. So you're going to have like maybe a long sleeve shirt. Option, See, I don't think they're option do- shirt. And you're still going to need like instead of having just masks for them, ideally you give them like the little sort of like face plastic thing shield yeah yeah so they're gonna need i think they won't be lines they can't have people lining up down the road for this stuff well you will have hundreds of people like a a theater that normally fit like 900 they're only gonna let they should only let a third if at most if not less of that quarter to a third quarter to a third so i think you're just going right in there's no lineup 
I think you have your time, you come for your time, and you go right in. There's no that's there's where no my, hour lineup. That's where my two hour gap fits in. Because then you could like have you don't show movies back to back, so it's just like people are allowed to trickle in, take their seat, and then you don't you have limited chances to get up and like go to the bathroom. So they they could load theaters, let's say forty five minutes before a movie scheduled to start. And that way you don't have people lining up on the sidewalks or in like the rope area or whatever. Right. If you don't have screenings back to back in the same theater. True. Cause they can't do that. Yeah. Cause you, then, you have to let them load early and gradually. But your point there, I don't know how you get around that point. Cause I think I'm going to be, well, you know, um, that new, um, um, what's that movie that's coming out? Tenet? Tenet? Mm-hmm. It's coming out. That new, I'm going to go see that. And I said, well, I'll go see it. In IMAX, they'll block off seats. But your point about how are you going to get past people, how are people going to come past you? So I, where I sit there anyways, in the back row anyways, right? Yeah. If you sit like in the back row in the end, you can just... Hop over. Yeah. Yeah. But hop you over if I need to hop over. Somebody comes and they want yeah. to in or out, you just get Move up out of side, In they go. But I don't know how they're going to do that because you can't walk past people. That's a very good point. And people will still do it because they're self-involved. Yeah. And what are you going to do? You say you can't come past me for the third time? But I guess you'll have to wear a mask. What they'll probably say is you have to have your mask unless you're seated in your seat. And they have 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 masks available to give out to people as well. Yeah. So what they're going to say is mask on unless you're actually seated in your seat. Yeah, masks are mandatory. I don't want to wear yeah. a mask, but I bought a ticket. So they're going to have to deal with that. Well, no, if mask, that's, yeah. that's condition. Mask, then too bad. But they're, but they're going to need proper security people and not just, you know, teenage volunteers, volunteers in a t-shirt. Or staff. Yeah. yeah. You've seen the videos of like people fighting, like, I don't want to wear a mask in Walmart or whatever. You can't. It's pretty good here, though. You can't put but, like a octogenarian volunteer grandma who just likes right. her globetrotter pass to see her evening european movies and have her yeah, have but she shouldn't be that. going anyways this year that's another thing she the should be taking the year off a quarter of their volunteers are like older people that are very high risk the rosedale moms of my friend used to say when i first started going back yeah. in the day the rosedale moms back in the uh early 2000s yeah, they're going to need to pay. Do they need to pay for proper like security level folk? And hey, so guess what? All the is, bars and clubs are closed. You can find them. Like every bouncer who's like sitting at home getting their serve right now. Yeah, true. But my question to you is, um, your book of ten is that still two twenty for book of ten? Must be more than that by now. What is it now? It's around there, but it's like. If they would even try it, that's the thing. They would also have to lower the prices for me this year to even. even that's my question. It. What would you, a book of 10? Eight bucks a movie? 80 bucks? Yeah. If it was like 80 bucks, I'd be willing to throw that away. Like, let's say I decide, you know what? Let me roll the dice, buy one package of 10. And if there's magically a vaccine or like a mouth spray you can take by then that would cure it or vaccinate you. Then I'd see 10 movies now like that. That would be like a price point that I'd be okay. Basically lighting a match to that money. So eight bucks a film. Yeah. And you want to buy them in July and see where we're at in 
September. Yeah. And if we're down to Ontario, Toronto, Ontario's having, you know, six cases a day, five cases a day, that type of thing, three cases a day, you know, maybe seven cases a week. There's days when there's zero, you know, that type of thing. You would and consider they, and going And they've thought out everything else. Yeah. Yeah. They figured out going up and down the roads and all type of stuff. That's your price point. Yeah. Eight bucks a movie. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If I have to give them my money ahead of time, if I have to decide two months before, it's for sure safe. Okay. Yeah. I'm not giving them like, I give them like, what? It's almost like a thousand dollars. I see like what? 40 movies at whatever godforsaken price I pay. I don't, I actually, when people ask me how much I pay, I honestly don't know because I don't even like to think about it anymore. I just look at it like if I was taking a vacation and like booking a flight and booking had to a hotel go somewhere. and hotel, like, yeah. cabs and whatever, it would be yeah. less than this. But honestly, the way they've raised the prices, it wouldn't be much less than what I've been paying. So now I'm like our friend Bob, he, he sees 60, he buys 60 tickets, maybe 70. Yeah. I think he buys 70, he gives like 10 to his wife. So he's in them from like he's in the, he's into them for like twelve hundred bucks or something every year. Yeah, he's in the, and he's got his seventy tickets all the time. Yeah, the most I did, I think one year I did sixty, where I bought some for other people, but then also gave like a lot away that year. Right, and that was probably one of the first years it was online, and I just couldn't deal with the stress of like the website. I was like, never again. And that's when I stopped buying for other people. So that alleviated a lot of my, like, pre-TIFF stress. Because when you buy for other people with the package, you have to get their picks ahead of time and then build that into your spreadsheet so you're ready to pick them. Then you have to deal with, like, the website-like issues. Mm-hmm. Plus, if the movies they pick are not available, like, you need to sort of have rules for people. Of, like, I'm not, like, going down your list of alternates or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And remember your spacing for your backups. You get your backup. You can't do your spacing based only on your, yeah. you know, your first choice. Yeah. You got to have your backup to make sure you have the same. And every year, always I go to the wrong theater one time. I would need to go to the beta and turn up at the ROM, or I need to go to, well, um, close to Young it. Dundas and turn up at Scotiabank. So we, one movie a year, getting out of one, bolting, and I get there. Where's this movie? Oh, it's not playing there. What do you mean it's not playing there? It's in theater too. Oh, it's there. You got to hop in a cab and get up to wherever else to fix it. it was I've just, never done that, but I have scheduled once a year. I've scheduled some terrible turnarounds where I think on paper, Oh, this will work. Even though my dumbass knows the first week they're so disorganized, you cannot schedule less than like a 45 minute break for something that's easy walking distance. And definitely not less than an hour and a half. If you have to get from downtown up to like Ryerson or somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, things start late talent shows up late. Yeah. Some it, some guy who's his only movie. Like I've been to a lot of like nine thirty shows, mm-hmm. especially at the Elgin, where some guys. Oh, I saw a hockey movie, an Indian kind of hockey, I can name Indian hockey player movie, and it was a Canadian director. His only show, so the whole audience was all his friends, and he did like a twenty five minute intro. I'm like, I get Midnight Madness to get to. What are you doing, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. I had to leave before the movie ended. Yeah, Jason Reitman up in the air. He brought up like. Literally everyone. Like, he brought up the costume people. Like, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> do it afterwards. Don't do it yeah. before. Speaking of which, will there be Midnight Madness this year? I don't know how they can do that. That's all about the audience. No, you can't. 
I don't want to like bang a fucking beach ball around that twenty other people have touched. <laughs> so there'll probably be no midnight madness then this year. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be any. I don't think. My Fantasia is virtual. I was going through all the picks for that. Yeah. And that's another audience, really audience-driven, crowd-driven um, festival. So there'll be no, I don't, there'll be no, I wonder if Peter's up to it. I should send Peter a note, see what he says about it. But I don't think there'll be, there'll be no Midnight Madness. Poor Peter. He's been practicing throwing his hat and hitting that stand <laughs> all year, trying to get better at it. And last year was excellent Midnight Madness. I saw about six really good ones. It was okay. I saw a lot of good ones last year, I thought. Yeah. No? I don't know. You were the year before, but your trumpet thing, was that the year before? Oh, the last year. all cheerleaders must die? Was that was the that one? Or last year, the year before, where they all came down to the trumpets and everything down yeah. the aisle. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no. That was that last was year, wasn't it? Assassination Nation. Was yeah. that two years ago or last year? I think it was last year. I don't know. Last year was good. Yeah, last year. Okay, Assassination Nation was good. Did that small movie from an African country I went to with, like, they put like $9 in it and did a big, huge uh, screening of it. Mm-hmm. And then the guy doing the play-by-play showed up and everything. It was great. You didn't see that one? I don't know. I just, ever since that time I went to the Lightbox and I think... I think I was with Mary and we were watching a screening of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Pete did an intro that was so long. So long. Yeah. And like weirdly tangenty and self-indulgent. It's like, listen, this isn't some shitty self-produced podcast. Yes, I'm aware that's a cell phone. This is like I paid to come see this movie at the light box. Like this isn't for you to monologue about your thoughts about Quentin Tarantino. Like just mm. show me the fucking movie. Wow. So, yeah. And did you like that movie or what did you think about that movie? No, I didn't like it. No, I liked it. I like when Quentin's making up his own stuff. Like his own chili he makes up in that one or his cigarettes he makes up. I like when he's making up his own stuff. I almost forgot. His own dog food he made up. I almost like forgot how much I liked him as a filmmaker, except for the scene where Brad Pitt goes out to the farm. Yes. That's the best scene in the movie. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah. oh, if, so, if he still took notes from other people and had his original editor, does he not have his original editor anymore? Anyway, I just feel like there was a good movie in there, but it needed some, like, deep cuts. That and the scene with the little girl were... That was the second best, that was the second best yeah. scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I she was great. It. I tried to like it. I just only yeah. liked the good stuff. I liked it. That was good. Because I hated um, Hateful Late. I thought that was awful, brutal. I hated that movie. So I'm coming off a real bitter taste of the last movie. So that's why I like this one so much, probably. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so are you going to go see in person? Like, you've asked me a bunch of times. I'm asking you. Are you going to see in person I want to see what they're doing. Huh? So an in-person public screening. Will you go? I might go. Because my pass, I can get public tickets, right? So, um. Let me see. I'm looking at what they've announced so far. Nothing they've announced so far. 
I think would compel me to want to go see anything in person. And what compels me is if the director is there, really, a director I really like. And I'm, I'm not really seeing that. So nothing they've announced so far is compelling me to go. I don't... I go see the Halle Berry movie in person. I go see Halle Berry. I'm a big MMA guy. If she... Yeah, the, there's your answer. If the Halle Berry movie, if Bruce is here and she's coming to show it at a public screening, I will be there. Who's in Bruised? Um, I haven't looked up anything about that film. If, let's say, it had Gina Carano in it, then I might be interested. I have some really deep feelings about Gina Carano. She's really good in uh, The Mandalorian, eh? So good. She's so good. So good. Whatever. No, she's not in it. Yeah. It's but Halle Berry's playing the main the main I think she's playing. You got me all excited. We were having two different conversations. No, no, no. I said Halle Berry's in it. Yeah. I didn't think she was in it. I thought she was directing it. No, Gina Carano's not in it. And I'm less interested. So I would go to that. If she's introducing and she's the main star, and she's one of the first movies released, and it's her first movie ever. She's playing an over-the-hill, older MMA fighter. Probably been beat up for 10 years before anybody knew about it. It's probably getting a decent shot, I would say, because now MMA's big. And here's her one shot. And we see what's going to happen. Well, you know what? If she comes all the way to Toronto, please tell me about your experience watching it. I'm not going out in these streets. <laughs> Even by September? Especially by September. If anything, when we hit, like, phase two, and then you got drunk people going out to patios, and then we get another couple of spikes and whatever. Did you see the pictures of Hemingway's at 12.01 exactly. Wednesday morning? That's what's making me keep my ass 12.01? Yeah. The place was packed. Yeah. 1201. And hardly any of those people were wearing masks. And how can you? You're at a bar. Even if you are wearing a mask, you still have to, like, ease it up to, like, hit your drink. And then the beaches. Um, which I was there last night, but there was nobody there, thank God. Well, there were people in volleyball, but they all left when it started to rain. And um, the other day at the beaches and um, Trinity Bellwoods a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Just overrun of people. Yeah, Toronto's not ready. We need we need all or nothing rules to behave ourselves. We are not good with like in between rules. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I'm out for a walk, I don't wear a mask when I'm out for a walk. But if I, any store I go into, I put a mask on because most of them say you have to put a mask on. I always have it on hand. Like Longos, I was going to say about people aren't going to follow the rules. At Longos, you can't get in the store if you don't have a mask on. So people put on masks, and if you don't have one, they'll give you one or they'll. Some places will sell you one for a dollar or whatever, but you have to have a mask on. Yeah. So. Okay, so there's nothing's going to make you go to a movie then. Nothing's going to get you into it. Nothing you. in the first wave of announcements. That's for sure. Okay. So I am interested to see what the package situation looks like again. Is there a festival buzz pack? Are you trying to like charge people a premium when there's still no, there's absolutely no guarantee at all that talent will come? Because even if the festival is trying to say they will come, this is a public health issue. TIFF does not control the borders of Ontario right. or our country. 
Right. So if the borders are still closed. Yeah. Halle Berry had to come up 14 days early, quarantine, say, for yeah. 14 days to be able to go to her screening. Tiff can barely afford to keep people here for two nights for a second screening. Right. So you're going to pay for her to be in the Four Seasons for 14 days or in the Ritz Carlton for 14 days? Yeah. I don't think so. Is Cameron going to open up a bed and breakfast? Like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely I wish them the best. I love them as an organization, but I am not going to risk my health because I like film. Okay. Well, most of mine's going to be all links. But um, I might do a couple. I'll see where we're at in September. As I'm saying, if we're down to four a week or three a week. Yeah. And, and if, if only... I see how they do the distancing, yeah. I think I would go. If only industry folks are offered a digital-only option, that's another dumbass move from TIFF. If they do not look at somebody's account like mine or other people who are like above a certain level of membership and have been consistently for the better part of a decade, if they don't offer those people a chance to like stay safe at home and still get their money, then they're screwing up again. Let's see what they do. They should be. So there's no digital for the public? I thought there's digital for the public too. I hope there's digital for the public. I think there is for the public. The but first it, five days are going to be. Yeah. Some in person, but the rest of it's going to be all digital. No, there's might, no, I might there's no one person after five days. Yeah, I might do digital. but There's no one person after five days. The first five days that will be in person. It depends on the films that are offered for the digital. If I only have like 50 total to pick from. Eh. But a lot of times the best movies are in the back half anyways. That's why that back, one of the best things they ever did was that back half pass. I was all over that when I used to actually buy passes and go. I'd buy some up front, but I'd always buy the back half. Because, first of all, the press folks I know, they're gone by Tuesday, Wednesday to begin with. Um, and then a lot of the people coming from out of town, they come in for that first weekend, that Friday night, Saturday, you know, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's when all the big stars come in. So come that next Wednesday, it's getting weak. That's- and there's great movies coming through there. So that back half pass was a very good idea. But the back half pass was at its peak back in the day when there was almost a completely different slate of programmers, including my sweetheart Jane Chodal and a lot of others who don't work there anymore. So I have found it very unevenly front-loaded in the past few years since they've been making a lot of their personnel changes. I haven't they want the stars. Yeah. They want to blow up the streets. They want to block out in front of the Elgin, right? They want to block out in front of the Princess of Wales and have all the stars wander through and see what's going on. So that's that first weekend where they want all the press to come in and bang, bang, bang. They always, That's their first weekend. That'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see what the digital component looks like, how it's different for industry versus public. Because I do feel like from an infrastructure perspective, I don't know if they have the runway to set up two different kind of gated processes for 
to have the same amount of content available for industry and like public. So they may not even allow everything to be viewed um, from home for public. They may only have a limited slate based on, I'm sure, the ham-fisted way they're going at this in a rush. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Now, I remember when I saw um, that Jesse James movie with mm-hmm. Casey Affleck and uh, that the Elgin and the whole cast of Ocean's Eleven was at that thing because they all had movies that year, right? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the start when they said, oh, my God. And then all the extra charges started the next year. And, you know, we're going to block the streets. Like that, that's when it really started. Because the whole cast, because they all were in town. Like um, Clooney had a movie. They all had a movie that year. Was that the same yeah. year as Up in the Air when, like, Oprah was here because of Precious and she went to go see Up in the Air with Gail? No, I think that was the year when he had the lawyer movie. Clooney had the lawyer movie. Oh, forget the name of that. That was two thousand eight. Michael, Michael Clayton was that Michael Clayton? Yeah, that one was that year. Yeah, and Hotel Rwanda was there, so Don Cheadle was there. Um, Damon was doing his eight by eight, whatever that water thing was, so he was there, and they all turned up to the. Um, and of course, um, um, Brad Pitt was in it, so Angela Jolie was there. Was the most stars I ever saw ever in the theater was for that. Um, Jesse James movie. Okay. Oh, so you know what? You're you're right. There was like sort of two major times when all of a sudden they realized, oh, we can start charging more for shit. Yeah. I will agree with you. That was one. But then the second one was that up in the air year because that was like the last Jason Reitman movie that wasn't premium. Okay. For first screening. And like maybe, you know, his platform one after that, the, the TV show was like a normal one. But... It was sort of after that up in the air year where all of a sudden Ryerson got added to the theater that had premium movies for first screening, where before Ryerson wasn't ever included in the, no you know, yeah. Roy Thompson Hall, whatever price point. It was only Roy Thompson Hall back then. Yeah. It was only Roy Thompson Hall. And then and, this and thing Elgin, showed up. And they, Elgin, I think. But Elgin wasn't premium back in 2007. Right, because they had the screening room there. Yeah, so I had the pass. So you go, I always go down to get the pass, get in there early, get first at my seat. It was great. Right. And then they started doing it because they saw yeah. like there were 30 stars in that movie. And also everybody in town wanted to go see it. Remember, I remember there's Michael Moore coming in early to go see this movie. Everybody was there. It was. And then sometimes they would pump the brakes. Like when they started doing that thing of making the first Midnight Madness movie a premium and then the Midnight Madness, I was like, okay, no, like, come on. But yeah, they did that. Was it the year uh, Seven Psychopaths, I think, was premium or something? Yeah, which is the first movie I ever reviewed on my site. Yeah. That was the original Flick Hunter movie review, Seven Psychopaths. Sam Rockwell, who's also in this movie, Sam Rockwell. Did they also make Whippet Premium? Which I still contend probably shouldn't have been a midnight. That was, because that was Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah. That was Premium. And then there was another one, too. The one with Samuel Jackson was Premium. He's like president and the plane crashes or something. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that either. That was Premium. It was him and somebody else. I didn't see that. I think he had two movies that year because there was another one, The Cleaner, that never did much, but I actually quite enjoyed it. 
I'm like, well, I'm not going to see that premium Midnight Madness, Sam Jackson, but I'll see, or or was the, did I just see a later screening of it? And that is the movie. I don't know. Uh, Jeremy Renner is in this movie. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Yeah, that movie had a lot of people in it. Huh? That movie had a lot of people in it. Yeah. I mean, you have the books behind you on the shelf. All your old TIFF books, you could probably pull up which ones we're thinking about. That's true. Cleaner. But, um, no, but that was kind of, like, that's when I said, oh, my God, this is insane. And then the next year, I think we started doing extra premium stuff. And the prices bumped. You know, stuff at the Elgin was now 30 bucks, And then your pass couldn't get them. You had a premium to get that stuff. Because they saw, they saw what happened at that move. And they saw that they could quadruple their money for this stuff. So, scary, scary, scary. But that's the good old days. Yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of work after... But the thing is, though, so the get light people like me back though. all in because like TIFF is like a drug. If I manage to go one year without doing it and I come out OK, like maybe I'll be scratching my neck a little bit. <laughs> but if I can get through it, then I'll be like, why? Why am I putting myself through this? Like convince me, TIFF, to like come back when it's OK and it's safe. So if they offer. Because um, only 50 movies, if they offer you. A seven pack for a hundred and ten. Would you consider that? A seven pack. Seven pack. It's only fifty movies. Digital. I don't know how they would split that. Maybe there's maybe there's two of them you have a chance to go. To an in-person, if you don't go, you can see the digital second screening. That type of thing. I don't know. I I still think for this year, I actually don't trust them that any of the digital stuff will work. Because the digital is supposed to be kind of live, right? Like you, like how we jump, you jump in at the time, it's on, and everybody kind of watches at the same time. And is there like if there's like a live intro that's like a remote? Yeah, You know, I get the, you know, full cast and hey, there's no excuses. There's no like, oh, we're not flying in below the title cast or whatever. You should be able to get every fucking person on that Zoom, have the full cast, have a good intro, have a good Q&A. Like if they actually were able to do that, it would be a miracle. And that's what they should have. And that's what they should be offering. But they haven't tested the logistics of any of this because they waited too long to try anything digital. I have gone and paid beta testing. I didn't have baiting testing this stuff. Even just this past year, I paid to go to see like a special screening of Into the Spider Verse because they were supposed to have uh, an intro at least, or like a Q and A or whatever with somebody right. from the film. Oh, like Jake Johnson, and they couldn't figure it out. It was like, oh, we couldn't get him, or we couldn't figure out how to do the Skype call or whatever. That was physically in the light box. For a movie that, like, they sold the tickets to, like, weeks in advance. Wow. They only need to get one person on. I do not trust this festival to handle. Yeah, that's true. Their technical... Yeah. Their technical roadmap is not very good. Yeah. They haven't invested anything in that. And, like, I still... I'm still, to go back to the beginning of our talk, kind of 
on behalf of the 31 souls that lost their jobs. Like, so frustrated when I think of, like, the last, let's say, let's be generous and say just the last five years. The last five years of peers of salary could have been used either just bank that money and they could have saved half of those jobs or cut them loose earlier and invest that money in digital. But instead, he just stayed there collecting those big fat checks and held them in the dark ages for another half a decade that they didn't need to be. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Because I called the light box today to ask about this and they're closed. There's not even a phone line. Mm-hmm. You can even get through. I thought at least get to the phone line to talk to somebody. There's not even anybody on a phone line. You have better luck probably trying to slip into their DMs on Twitter. Although no, probably not this week because anybody who still has a job is definitely friends with somebody who lost a job. So they're pretty bummed out and they're probably not feeling too hype about life right now. So here's the thing, TIFF employees. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you either still work there or you lost your job and you're bummed out. Um, I love the festival and I love the work that the festival has done over the years. And I love that, like, every September I've had something to look forward to. However, I am a woman of color over the age of 40 and I am at high risk for dying (laughs) if I'm out in these streets. So do I love the festival? Yes. Do I love it more than like being able to breathe without machines? No. So just reading this paragraph about the industry folks, industry delegate delegates can expect advanced security and anti-piracy measures. So probably you get like a watermark on your stuff or something like that. Right. So if you screw around and it gets out, like your name's on it or your, and then you're banned. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're banned. So there, there will be some precautions taken, but um, yeah, good point. The, the big point you made today about, like I think all those stagger every other row, but how are you gonna get past people? And people will be coming past you. How's that gonna work? Right? Unless I don't know how that's gonna work. We've all had months on the inside. I have basically turned into an Axiom passenger from Wally. We are all a little bit softer and fluffier right now. People are going to be huffing and puffing as they're like easing past you to get into their seat. This is, it's, it's risky. That's all I'm saying. And I'm making a personal choice, my body, my choice. I'm a hundred percent not going to in-person screenings, mm. whether it's Tenet or Milan or TIFF. I think Milan might show up on digital plus to tell you the truth when they get right down to it and they see what's going on and U.S. is spiking out of control again, it might just, digital plus, boom. Just drop it there. Yeah. Everybody's still at home. Forget the audience. Let's drop it on digital, on um, Disney plus. Yeah. I can see that. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, I think we sort of beat this horse to death. Yeah, that's for how many pages? For five pages, I'm looking at this. Yeah. 
You spent two hours on five pages? Oh, God, I'm going to have to edit this one, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will look forward to perhaps talking to you again before the festival if you're actually going. And I'm planning it. When I get my yeah. info about my um, industry stuff, I'm in. Yeah. And, and I'll, have, I'll know about what I'm doing. And then there'll probably be better explanation how they're going to do the physical distancing. When we know that, maybe we'll do it again. Yeah. When and, we and, know how they're planning to do the physical distancing in the theaters. And if they, they do have a reasonably priced um, digital option, I might roll the dice on lighting some money on fire if the whole... <laughs> infrastructure falls apart and okay. try to see a handful of movies. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll, right. probably, have a list of, we'll probably have a list of attendees and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometime in August, maybe. We'll have a list of attendees mm-hmm. a month out. So we'll see. We'll see. And they also I think I'm more optimistic than you are. Well, that's not hard. I might attend a couple. I think I might attend. If I see that the how this thing works. No one's behind me, coughing behind me. You it live near staggered. you, though. You can easily walk there on foot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, don't need yeah. T- I don't have to do TTC, yeah. Yeah. You're in a very, like, limited, like, cohort of humans where it's actually, it's still dangerous, but it's, you're incurring less risk on your way there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like There's no lines. There. Yeah. You live next door There's to No lines. Place. There's gaps. There's deep cleaning between each screening. I'm reading my good life stuff. That's what, you know, they're relaying it out, how they're doing stuff, right? Appointment-wise and da-da-da-da. So if there's deep, you know, the spray thing in between, there's gaps. They're going to clean. They load you back in. Like an airplane, maybe. Row G goes, and yet maybe you have seats. Everything's assigned seating. You load them like a plane, whatever. I don't know what's going to work. But uh, once we know all that stuff, maybe it's time to uh, chat again. Okay. All right, we'll see. All right. Thanks. Thank you. I'm going to try and cut my hair again now. <laughs> and see, my new chairs came. See this? Oh, My new nice. chairs arrived. So I had to put them together is what I was doing. That looks beautiful. Yeah. So I got four of these um, kind of Victorian-type chairs. Well, I'm looking at that bunch of TIFF calendars behind you, and it's making me nostalgic. <sighs> But now yeah, everyone back to, to uh, oh wow 99 everyone up from 99 wow well you know what and that means if it lasted that long they'll be able to hopefully survive this one year yeah I hope so all right and we're up all right thank you excellent